Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode of Sky Women. Thank you for joining us today. You are in for a treat. It is the week of Thanksgiving, and I hope that you are enjoying your time by yourself or with your family and loved ones, whomever you choose to spend this holiday season with. We are enjoying some time off with our family as well and just focusing on what matters most. And I am excited to bring this conversation to you today with Dr. Anna Glazer, who is so kind to join us. She is a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist who has a private practice in California area, women's wellness psychiatry. And she has such a passion for education that this has motivated her to launch a podcast, which you can go follow now, Women's Wellness Psychiatry. She also has developed a fellowship at the interface of reproductive and integrative mental health and a blog, Mind Body Pregnancy, along with other things, organizing conferences and mentoring other clinicians and more. So welcome, Dr. Glazer. Thank you so much for for having me on this podcast. I'm excited to be here. Oh, absolutely. And I love finding psychiatrists, mental health specialists who are really focused on women because we go through so many transitions in life and we bear a large load in the family that I think oftentimes is just assumed and is taken for granted. And when women go through pregnancy and postpartum, sometimes they don't recognize themselves or their lives anymore. They don't remember life before baby. (laughs) And then sometimes they resent that, you know, that they miss their old life. And then as you start going through perimenopause and menopause, here's another transition where you're agitated and frustrated and you can't really put a finger on what it is that's going on. And so I think that women, it's just about time, right? That we're focusing on women in health um, and that we're seeing women more and more in the research. I absolutely agree with you. I think that women are underserved, certainly in the research. I mean, if we even just look at some of the basic things, like the vast majority of medications are, generally speaking, tested on men, even when you're prescribing them to pregnant patients, which have completely different pharmacodynamics in the body and and everything that's happening. So there's a lot of underserved research, you know, underserved information in terms of women, whether they're at various stages of their reproductive life. And that's that's what I do is I work with women across their reproductive lifespan. So whether it's premenstrual symptoms, whether it's challenging fertility journeys, pregnancy, postpartum, all the way through the perimenopausal transition. And I really enjoy that work. I find it really rewarding in part because it is an underserved area. And I think a lot of times the supposition is, oh, well, you're just going to have to kind of grin and bear it, so to speak. Yeah, that's normal. We sort of just kind of brush it aside when there's a lot of women who are struggling through these various transitions. And it's really important to support them because they're supporting everyone else. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit especially in regards to the holidays, right? How do we set boundaries? How do we practice mindfulness? How do we keep our sanity around a lot of 
family members who may be asking questions that quite frankly are none of their business. Yes. So that, that that's always a challenge that comes up this time of year. And I think there's a few different places where we can, we can start talking about this. And the first is practicing mindfulness. So mindfulness is basically the, the practice of non-judgmental observation and awareness. And that non-judgmental piece is really, really important because this is something that we do all the time. We judge every single thought that comes through our minds. We judge ourselves compared to others. We judge ourselves compared to kind of this pedestal of perfection. And so what mindfulness teaches us is to have this kind of non-judgmental awareness of ourselves and our thoughts in the world around us. And practicing that can be really helpful because it also keeps us present and grounded. And I think that can be so valuable because the way that I often talk to my patients about this is anxiety tends to live in the future. You know, it's a lot of those what if thoughts. Yes. And then depression tends to live in the past, like regrets or, you know, I shouldn't have, or I should have. That's another word that it's one of those red flag words that I often talk about. The shoulds. Yeah. (laughs) And, but what mindfulness does is keeps you, you know, present in the moment. And we can certainly talk a little bit about how to begin to incorporate mindfulness into a daily practice, if that's something that folks are interested in. And I think it's really helpful. There's really good data on mindfulness practices to help with general stress, but also anxiety and mood symptoms, all of those kinds of things to help you kind of stay grounded. And so it might be the right time to begin a mindfulness practice. I think some people are going to hear that and think now is the wrong time to be starting something new. When could I possibly have time for that? I'm in the the middle of a holiday season, but now might actually be the best time to start something like that because it's not something that requires you to invest an hour. It's something that you could begin to invest just two minutes of time into and really connect it with something that you're already doing. So one of the ways that I encourage people to start a mindfulness practice is you already brush your teeth, hopefully twice a day. You do that for two minutes. Can you begin to have a mindfulness practice while you're brushing your teeth? So really just engaging all of your senses. So what is what does the toothpaste taste like? What does it smell like? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What is the sound of the bristles? What is the feel of it on your tongue? Like really brushing your teeth in a very mindful kind of way. It's something that you do on a daily basis anyway. So what would it be like if rather than what we tend to do when we brush our teeth, I know I do, is just my mind goes to my to-do list or what haven't I done and what do I need to do and when am I going to do these things? So that can really kind of spin into that place of anxiety and stress. And so what if we turn that activity, which you have to do anyway, into a mindfulness moment? And you could really do that with any other moment that you have during the day, maybe when you're having a cup of coffee or whatever else you do on a regular basis. So I think that's something that can definitely help decrease stress levels. It helps, you know, really transition our nervous system from being in the active sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight system and transition to our parasympathetic nervous system, which is more of the the rest and digest system allows us to just have that moment of mindfulness and have that moment of relaxation and starting that now during the holiday season to help us stay a little bit more sane during this time, which often is very, very stressful. I think that's one thing to, to think about. And then I think you also mentioned you know, this idea of how to set boundaries and you know how to how to just de-stress in other ways. 
And one of the one of the other really important things that I talk with a lot of my patients about these days is what are you planning on doing for taking care of yourself, your self-care during the holiday season? Because I think that's, again, something that tends to fall further down on the list of priorities because we put our families first and, and our jobs first and everything but ourselves ahead of us on, on that list. And so to really think about priorities and to think about, I, I really like the idea of the oxygen mask example that you hear on airplanes, right? You you always hear the announcement, put yours on first before you can, you know, put put the mask on the child or whoever needs your assistance next to you. And that really makes sense in the context of self-care as well, because unless you're feeling well, you really can't help the people around you. So making sure to stay consistent with whatever self-care you have scheduled already, whether it's a mindfulness moment, whether it's some time outside, whatever it might be to really maintain that self-care again, to decrease stress levels during the holidays. And then there's the boundaries piece, right? It's, it really just, it's challenging with a lot of, you know, interpersonal interactions and everyone else is stressed too. So you have a bunch of people that are all kind of stressed out coming together and there's a lot of expectations. And I think that's something that comes up quite a bit is this idea of setting appropriate expectations, because what often ends up happening is we might have kind of perfectionistic expectations of something and then re- then there's reality and there's mm-hmm. a gap between the two. And in right. that that's where we find all of the frustration and all of those other kinds of powerful emotions. So setting realistic expectations for the holiday season and for, for yourself and, and the people around you can be really important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I think having those boundaries in place and knowing that you can't control anybody else, but you can only control how you show up. <laughs> And, and whether you choose to stay in whatever situation it is, right? I mean, you can set boundaries with the conversations that are had, uh, whether you're going to participate, and you can even leave if you choose to. Like, exactly. it's all a choice. It's all, it's a, choice. all a choice. It's all a choice. And the boundary is, isn't is really something where, you know, let's say you, there's a particular topic of conversation that you don't want to engage in, and whoever you're talking to decides to push on that boundary, it's important to have consequences, right? Because you can't control, like you said, you can't control what they do. They might push on that boundary, but the consequence is that the conversation might end and you might leave or whatever the consequence is. You have control over that consequence, even though you don't have control over whatever that person does. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that idea. Kind of like when you're parenting kids, right? Exactly. (laughs) You can't control how they behave, but you can set clear boundaries and there are consequences. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Can you speak a little bit to journaling, which I've learned is a great tool through cognitive behavioral therapy. And I oftentimes encourage women at whatever stage they're in to really just make space to journal daily or at their whim, whatever their choice and to do it like judgment free, as you mentioned, because I do think that just giving a space to that to-do list or to your worries or, you know, to all those things that are running around in your head, help you to be more present, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's in intimacy, right? You know, we say orgasm, you know, the brain is the largest sex working and orgasm happens in the here and now, not in the future, not in the past. (laughs) And so, you know, practicing mindfulness, sometimes that 
middle of the night awakening for moms is like when they're running through their to-do list for the next day and they're having a hard time just kind of quieting their mind and being present and really taking care like one of the biggest self-care things you can do and I don't know if we can even qualify it as self-care because it is just something that we require is good sleep right yes. and if we're not getting good sleep then we're going to be agitated we're going to be cranky we're going to be fatigued and it's going to affect everything else including our mental capacity, you know, and our ability to focus and that brain fog that we talk a lot about a lot in midlife or even, I mean, let's be honest, pregnancy and postpartum, right? That, that placenta steel is real, <laughs> you know? So I think that I found it very helpful throughout my life. And I'm just curious your thoughts and, and the science behind that. So there's definitely really good evidence for journaling and it really can be whatever you want it to be. So for some people, I encourage them, especially folks who might have some trouble with anxious thoughts before bed, you know, put that journal there and put all of those anxious thoughts in the journal so yeah. that they don't have to live in your head. So you can kind of transfer them into the journal. So that's one way that you could use the journaling. You mentioned waking up in the middle of the night and I think sometimes we do that and we have a tendency to reach for the phone and begin scrolling, which is the wrong thing to do because it ends up stimulating us in more than more ways than one. I mean, there's the light from the phone. So there's that biological stimulation, but then there's the content. And so there's that psychological stimulation as well. And so what would it be like if, if instead you reached for the journal in the middle of the night and you wrote down some things and then, you know, helped yourself fall back asleep that way? I think a lot of people also journal first thing in the morning to kind of set an intention for the day mm -hmm. to kind of start the, start the day off with some journaling to set those intentions and to really begin the day by putting some of those thoughts on paper. And it, it's really free flowing, right? I mean, that's the difference is that you're not censoring it. Right. You really just kind of free flowing, whatever your mind comes up with, you can put on the journal you can also use it in very much kind of a, a cognitive behavioral sort of way where you're taking a look at some of those thoughts and you're really assessing them in that cognitive behavioral sort of way where you're assessing the, the validity of some of the opinions that you put down. Well, is there actual data to support this negative opinion that I have of myself, right. for example, and really kind of reframing it to something that's a little bit more realistic. So almost doing this kind of self-therapy through the journaling. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's incredibly helpful and maybe it helps you as you process a lot of the emotions around the holidays with family, you know, there's always interesting dynamics um, around that time. So if you could give the listeners, you know, like your top three tips to maintaining a healthy mindset, what, what would you say? So I think the number one piece is actually going back to that, those expectations to really make sure that you're going into the holiday season with reasonable expectations that you actually have control over. So you also, you can't set expectations for all of the people around you. You can really only set them for yourself and how you want to show up in a particular situation. So I think the first thing is, you know, going in with the appropriate mindset and expectations I think the second piece is prioritizing self-care, whether that means taking time for yourself. You're never going to be able to make time. You can't, 
I wish I could create time. We can't do that. So really making time is about setting the right priorities. And so setting the right priorities, which means focusing in on self-care. And that could mean any number of things. I mean, it could be the journaling that we've talked about, the mindfulness practice that we've talked about. For some people, it might be exercise. It could be any number of things. But really or it could just be having lunch with a friend, right? Or doing something that you sure. truly enjoy yeah. that you don't typically get to do. Like, I think that it's so important for us and as even as, or especially as moms, I think that it's really important to make space to do those things that you love and let your children see you doing the things that you love um, because it makes a more well-rounded mom. It makes you more approachable, I think, when they're like, oh, you're more than just my mother, right? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's hard to leave the house. I get it. Sometimes you feel guilty and you think you have to do all these things and the world is going to fall apart. Here's a newsflash. It actually doesn't. They're going to be fine. They save their drama for their mama, but you show up more present if you actually go do something for yourself. And that could be as simple as a bubble bath or any of the other things that you named, or, you know, maybe you love salsa dancing and you're going to go salsa dancing or whatever, you know, I mean, make time to do something you love at least once a week, for goodness sakes, ladies, preferably daily. Yes. So, and that's the really key thing I think as well is I think it's super important to do those weekly activities where you're maybe socializing, having lunch with a friend or getting a massage. But I think it's also just as important to do those small daily things because, you know, you're, you're, you end up depleted. Yeah. If you don't do those things and those small daily things kind of refill your bucket throughout the day. So there's more to take from it. So, so absolutely. I agree with you there. And then the third thing I would say is release some of those shoulds. That's something that so many of us have is I should do this or I shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. And releasing some of those shoulds can really give yourself a sense of, you know, rather than I should, well, what about I want, or I would like, or I will or I choose to, any of those. Or I get to. Or I get to, (laughs) yes, exactly. So releasing the shoulds and and transitioning them to something that feels a lot more exciting, feels a lot more positive rather than the guilt and the shame and all those kinds of feelings that come up with the shoulds. Yeah, I think we should ourselves to death. We do. (laughs) (laughs) In so many aspects, right? Like nobody is expecting perfection. And if they are, they're probably not your people. So just... (laughs) (laughs) let it go. Be kind to yourself during the holiday season. And it's so good to know that there are psychiatrists out there that are specifically focusing on, you know, those reproductive years and taking a more integrative approach because it is so much more than just, you know, whether it's a chemical imbalance or post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, it is so much more. It's that mind, body, spirit connection. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. It's the whole person. It's all of these different, it's, it's our nutrition. It's the time we spend wars. It's all of these things. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And I think so many will find it helpful until next week. Be well. Thank you. All right. Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. 
If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.